This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Welcome to another edition of a Total Degenerate Podcast. I am your host, Michael Ellison. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. I uh, I had a nice th- Thanksgiving day. Was actually very pleasant. It was a very nice, uh, nice day over at the Ellison house. It was almost too much of a nice day, actually. It actually kind of freaked me out how happy everybody was to see each other. Uh, there was no, uh, there was no brawl. There was no big blowout, curse out, psycho, you know, fight. This is not common at our holidays. You know what I mean? Like the normal holiday at some point, something gets tossed at the wall. Someone's yelling at somebody at some point during the evening. If there's not almost a fist fight, then it's not like an Ellison holiday, which was kind of the case this year was very un- characteristic of the family but I think it I think it's just because now there's there's little kids that's probably that's I mean that's really it is that everybody kind of had to cut their shit and just deal with the fact that guess what now there's five little girls all under the age of 10 yeah the oldest is eight so yeah all under the age of nine whatever uh, you know, that are running around and you can't be calling each other motherfuckers over stupid bullshit in front of them. You know what I mean? Like you gotta, you're forced to set a better example, I suppose. But that was, but it was, and that's exactly, it, it was a good day. Like we had no, no problems, nice meal, brought home some big, a nice plate of leftovers. Pretty standard Thanksgiving day. The day before Thanksgiving, though, not so much. I had a uh, rough start to the day, Thanksgiving Eve. And that would be because I woke up and I had a flat tire. Always fun. And it particularly was bad because my tire iron and the jack we're in my other car that's parked at my job. So now I have no way to get to the tire iron and the jack that I would need to be able to use to fix the tire. I thought I had enough air in the tire to get from my house to the quick to the quick check gas station around the corner. Uh, I was wrong. I was wrong about that one. So then, yeah, the sidewall, the tire is completely fucked. So the whole thing, it's fucked. So now I'm in the quick check parking lot. I can't do anything. But fortunately for me, uh, I have a daddy who loves me. And I am a spoiled, privileged white kid from Long Island. So I have AAA. I don't pay for it. But I have it. Privilege, baby. Coming in in the clutch, actually, quite frankly. 
It's one of those moments where you're, oh, thank God. Thank God I grew up with this fucking nice sheltered fucking safety blanket around me so that I can get out of these jams without even getting my hands dirty, right? So, and like, yeah, like, let's be real. If the tire iron and the jack were in my car, like, was I actually going to just, like, I know the basic steps of what it takes to change a tire. But at the same time, though, like, am I going to be able to accomplish it? Probably not. The, the likelihood is probably not. I am truly an idiot when it comes to all, like, I would. So, yeah, it was kind of a blessing in disguise that I didn't have the equipment to do it myself. And by the time I was able to get the, the stuff anyway, whatever, the, the AAA guy was going to be there. So I'm waiting. AAA guy finally shows up after. It said two hours. It took four hours. Four hours waiting for the AAA guy. And it kept, you know, they like they were like lying to me on the phone. Like I called after like two and a half hours because it told me the the thing kept saying, "Oh, your guy's there." Zero minutes till arrival. And I was like, "But there's no one fucking here." So I was like calling them to be like, see what the deal was, and they were like, "Uh, we'll call you back." Like it was like, I don't know, it was like getting lied to by a boyfriend or girlfriend or something. I don't know what it was that they're doing over at AAA where they just they actually are clueless and they don't have anything to tell you. So they just say, I'll call you back. So now I'm waiting for the call back and I wait another like 40 minutes and they still haven't called me back. So now I call them back. This is this is the most interesting part of the story, isn't it? I'm just going to keep telling it though. I'm not going to give up on the call. I, cause they called then I, I called them back again. But whatever, yeah, I called them back again. And finally, as I was calling them back, the driver called me. And the driver's like, hey, man, be there in 10 minutes. I was like, all right, great. 45 minutes after that phone call, the driver finally fucking got there. So, yeah, it was a long fucking wait. Four plus hours. Guy finally gets there. Now, he's got to take the tire off the back of the bed of the truck because it's a pickup truck. So the tire's underneath, right? So you got to use this tool to unscrew the tire with the chain or whatever. For those that aren't familiar with this, who don't own pickup trucks, that's how the spare tire is kept. So he starts doing this. And and for the first like minute or two of the conversation, I thought this was a normal guy. He's talking to me about football, which is always... That will always disarm me. If somebody comes up and just starts talking to me about the Jets, I'm like, oh, this is a normal dude. And I can now have a conversation with him. He he could be a serial killer. But if you want to disarm me and make me not be suspicious of you being a psycho, just start talking about football to me. That's basically all you got to do. And I'll be like, nah, he's all right. 
like he killed fucking seven nuns, but he called blood right before he came and started talking to you. Ah, nah, but he seemed all right. He, you know, the Jets need to draft an offensive lineman. Whatever. So anyway, yeah, this dude seemed normal, right? He seemed pretty uh, normal guy. Uh, until he actually started to have to work. Now, normally I would sympathize with a guy who's driving around in November, starting to get chilly the day before a holiday, and he's got to fix, like, flat tires for idiots like me and shit like that, but it's like, your your job's roadside assistance. Like, this isn't the first day. You didn't just go, I wonder what roadside assistance means, and then, like, take the job, and then be like, this is what they meant? This is terrible. Like, no, you, that's not how it works. Like, you, you obviously, to get the job, like, you need to know some shit about cars and stuff, have some sort of, you know, background, and, uh, yeah, bottom line is, like, this dude, he instantly, the minute it started, like, the minute the job started happening, he went from normal to raving fucking lunatic psychopath to the likes I've never seen. He, he was lit in the gas station parking lot just screaming, motherfucking cunt motherfucking cunt at the top of his lungs because he had like 10 seconds of trouble figuring out how to take the spare off the back of the car so I'm like this is and this then continued throughout the entire process of changing the tire at one point he was taking his the uh, Fortunately, it was his tire and iron, not mine. He took his tire iron and was just smashing it on the curb like the Hulk. Trying to like, I don't know what he was attempting to do. But he was just screaming, fuck. And now people are coming in and out of the gas station. They're looking at me because I'm, I'm not with this guy. I'm associated with this psycho. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a horrible scene. Like I, I can't help it. I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, I could have done what he's doing. You know what I mean? If I was just gonna snap and just lose my mind and struggle to fix the tire, I, I could have done what he's doing. But, uh, yeah, finally he finished and I was frightened. I was like, this guy is nuts. At one point, he fucking, he took a fucking screwdriver and just, like, threw it into the grass, like, as hard as he could, like he was throwing a Chinese star at a wall. The whole time, just screaming, motherfucker, cunt, uh, cocksucker was one that he was throwing out there for the people, like, and then after it was all done, he was like, all right, have a great turkey day, man. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you too. And I, I 
got in my car and I drove away as fast as I could, hoping that he didn't follow me. Because I, I got the vibe that, like, what happened was this guy escaped a mental institution and he, um, you know, basically just, you know, he, he got out of the mental institution and he got to the nearest highway and there was a AAA guy who maybe just finished doing a job and he's just sitting in his car eating a sandwich or something, listening to the radio, minding his business. And this guy just comes along and fucking shanks him with a rock or something in the neck and just kills the AAA guy and drags him out of his car and maybe steals his jacket or something, you know, maybe puts his clothes on so he's not in the, the prison, you know, the mental asylum fucking garb anymore, you know. And now he gets into the car and he starts driving and he sees the phone and there's like a phone there with it's like got a, jobs on it. For some reason the guy's dying. I guess he gives him the code before he before he dies. I I don't know. But then yeah, that then the guy just, you know, now he's just gonna inherit this guy's existence. He's he's now the triple A guy. Fresh out of the psych ward. After he strangled, you know, an orderly to death. And then, uh, yeah, now he stole the, he killed the AAA guy. He got a second victim. And now he's just driving around going to do jobs. And he's having psychotic meltdowns because he's not really an auto mechanic of any type. He's just uh, an escape mental patient who needed something to do. He knows he doesn't have long. He knows they're going to get him again. They got him the last time and they'll, they'll get him again. As they always have, because he can only outrun them for so long with no money and no family and no support. He can only last in the woods, living like a barbaric son of a bitch for so long, hopping from odd job to odd job. And right now he's a AAA guy who's probably hoping for cash tips. A cash tip that he did not get from me because I got my car, drove away as fast as I could because I was frightened from the man. I thought he was going to kill me at some point. So, yeah, that's my theory on the AAA guy. But, yeah, to talk about a lack of professionalism at the least. You know, I mean, I don't know if I could, like, that's the, I think I don't want to report him because I feel like he would come back looking around and be like, start hanging out at that quick check because he'd be like, I know he said he lived around here. I'm going to wait him out. He'll show up to this quick check eventually and that's when I'll fucking knife him because he got me fired from AAA that I didn't even actually work out because then I'm an escape mental patient be like fire that episode of Seinfeld kind of they're really a little darker because they're like you're an escape mental patient you murdered three of our employees and several of our customers how do you of course we're firing you we we call it the police you're going to jail bow, 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 bow. 
So in other news, since my uh, my big victory in the Aragona's comedy contest, that's right, the big Suffolk County champion here, no big deal, just, you know, just dubs, just dubs, that's my contest, that's my contest record. <laughs> every contest record for every comedian is fucking awful. By the way, that's that's across the board for every comedian. If you're if you're lucky enough, you're like one for one hundred and seventy-five. You know what I mean? Like I am I am the, the Richie Kotite era Jets when it comes to fucking comedy contests. But I know I finally got my I got my win. I won one. So now that I, I've hit this peak place of great stardom um you start to have fans there's actually people who don't really know me but know my comedy that like me for my comedy they like they're they're fans that's what they that's what they would be called under certain any normal circumstances so it's a weird thing because i'm not let, let's make this clear i am not famous I'm not I'm not batting down the hatches from the paparazzi or uh wheeling and dealing with Netflix. But you get you get the idea here is that I'm got local people who are now fans of me and they see me at shows and stuff and they they want to come over and say hello and they wanna tell me how great I'm doing and whatever and, and it's it's an awesome feeling. It's a nice thing to be able to be complimented on on a on a good hard work, job well done type of thing. You know, something positive. You know, I I I feel like I am working hard at this. You know, I I really am. I I dedicated myself to the open mics every week, and I I try writing every day, even if it's not good. Like you just put something on paper, and you know, it's better. At least you're thinking about it. You got to be constantly thinking about it. And, uh, you know, I, I really, I've really dedicated myself. And, uh, so it's nice to hear those things. It's nice to get the compliments. It's nice to know that the hard work's starting to pay off a little bit, even if it is marginally, it's, it's a step in the right direction, you know? And, uh, that's great. But sometimes, sometimes it's, it's tough to 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 deal with the quote unquote uh fans like there i i got this one guy uh, i don't want to i got to say his name but he's definitely a fan he's definitely like a big time fanatic cuz that's what fan everyone forgets fan is short for fanatic so this guy is definitely a little bit of a fanatic and he's uh He's really done a lot to try to boost my ego, but I I can't help but feel like, you know, I'm a pretty humble person. Like, I don't like to give myself, I try to stay even keel, you know, like, I don't want to give myself too much credit for when I do good uh, because there's always more work to be done. But, like, this dude is, like, telling me that he's like, you have a gift. 
He kept saying that. He kept saying, you have a gift, my friend. You don't, you have to recognize your gift. I was like, oh, I, no, I, I appreciate that. Th- thank you. But he just kept going. And it was, and it was all very complimentary. Like I said, like, you know, it's, that's nice and all, but it was like a, a loop because he was hammered. Like every time I've seen this guy, he's shit face drunk at every time he shows up to a show. And it's, Again, it's nice, but it's this weird drunken loop that starts to, it starts to aggravate you, especially because I was trying to leave. I was trying to get out the door. Like the night was over. The show was done. I wanted to go home tired. You know, it's like, it's been a long day. Like it's time to call it a day. And this guy is not letting me go. He is not letting me go. Because he wants to continue to shower me with repetitive praise, saying the same things over and over. You have a gift. You have a gift, my friend. Don't forever forget about your gift. You know about your gift? Did I tell you about your gift yet? You have a gift. Your gift is comedy. Your gift is this. It was like a, a fucking bar show. My gift is the bar show. That's my gift that I, I get to get every couple of weeks. You know, I, so I'm like trying to sit there and listen to him. And he keeps, uh, he keeps like high fiving me, like, and like bro hugging me the whole time. And the, the biggest reason this is bothering me is because. This guy seriously needed to invest in hand moisturizer in like the worst way possible. I've never thought I'd say that about another man. It's not like I, I'm Captain Moisturize every day here, but like you got to get some hand moisturizer involved in your life because he had the dry, it was like sandpaper hands. His hands were made of sandpaper and he would not, let go of my hand. Like, I'm surprised I don't have third-degree burns in the, on the palm of my hand from shaking hands with old sandpaper hands there for fucking, like, half an hour straight. And every time I tried to break away, he'd just, bro, grab my hand again and bring me in again. But Did I tell you about your gift? You have a gift. And it's just like, I don't know what to say anymore. You know what I mean? And it, I mean, he he said more. And the, now that more I'm thinking about it, it wasn't as complimentary as I originally was making it out to sound. Because he was like, you have a gift. And, you're, and your gift is that you're good at comedy. You see, see, I, I went a different route. I went a different route than you. I, I could have, tra- yeah, it was one of those, I could have been, I could have done what you're doing, was what he was trying to, I could have done what you're doing, but I didn't use my gift. I went a different route. I, I invested in properties. 
and I bought a condo when I was 23. And now I rent that condo out. And that rent money was enough for me to buy a house. And now I bought a house. Oh, you're trying to get away again? Come in close with my sandpaper hands. Feel the sandpaper brush against your skin as I tell you about all of my properties and how I have a beautiful family. I have a wife and a son and we're happily ever after and I make six figures a year. I make $200,000 a year and I own multiple properties. But I didn't use my gift like you use your gift. See, I'm gifted with the beautiful wife and all of the money and the child that makes me happy and brings me joy. And nobody bothering me about how I should use hand lotion. Like they've told me for many years, but instead, no, I will walk around with my dry, ripplingly sandpaperish hands. <laughs> that I mean, it's it was fucking crazy. He might as well, he should have just ended, he should have been like, you're the king of the tavern. That's what you are, my friend. You have a gift. You have a gift, and your gift is that you're the king of the tavern. When you come to the tavern and you tell your jokes, you are the king of the tavern. Sure, I, I could buy the tavern because I buy properties, and I own multiple properties, and I told you about how hot my beautiful, smoking hot wife is, who I fuck every night, and she loves every second of it, especially my dry, disgusting hands. I I always ask her, do you want me to rub you down, rub you down with these sandpaper, granulated hands? She's like, yes, lover. Yes, lover, please rub me down like you're trying to polish a piece. You're trying to shape a piece of wood. They were fucking disgusting. I can't express enough how fucking gross these these guys' heads were. Like, they were horrible. And I was just locked in, listening to the loop over and over and over again. So yeah, you know, fans are great, I guess. I don't, you know, I mean, this is, this is my first introductory, uh, this is the, you know, introduction to uh, life with fans. And this is the type of people, this is the fans that I'm drawing in. I'm drawing in unhinged, drunk guys at bars who want to really just, really real, wanted to brag about how much good stuff he had he's like i own four cars i have four cars each one more beautiful than the last but you have a gift king of the tavern that's who you are subscribe rate and review please tell your friends to start downloading and listening and following and 
saying nice things about a total degenerate podcast. It is the best podcast ever created. There's no podcast that could possibly match this podcast. Great energy and amazing recording quality and uh, uh, the hostess with the, the mostest or something, whatever. Yeah, you get it. You get the idea here. I'm fucking the shit and everybody needs to know it. Is, uh, bow to me. Uh, pre- you know, treat me like a deity of some sort. Really, all you have to do is subscribe, rate, and review. Say something nice. Tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread the gospel. A total degenerate podcast. It's where it's at. Thanks. Gotta wrap this thing up, but uh, I guess this would be a good time to do the old dates. Start spouting off dates I got shows for. Gotta promote these shows. I got shows. Look, I got shows. Okay, uh, December 2nd, that's this coming Saturday. McGuire's Comedy Club, 9.30, the Terry McNeely and Friends show. It's going to be a great show, awesome lineup, bunch of people there. Govs.com, buy tickets today, govs.com. Let's see if we get this ad on time and people can actually make that, but whatever, I'm going to put it on there anyway. December 8th at the Color Palette. That is in Lindenhurst. I believe I should have this information ready to go, but I am an idiot and I don't do that because why would that make any sense? That would be an intelligent thing to do, but instead I did it the stupid way. So now I am scrolling, scrolling. I don't know where it is. Uh, can't find it i'm the worst whatever january january december 8th the color palette it's in lindenhurst it's an eight o'clock show you should come more information will be up on my instagram mikeellisoncomedy.com i'll put it up on the the podcast instagram too a total degenerate podcast on instagram Okay, uh, what else did I have to promote? I am the worst. This is the worst type of fucking content for anyone to listen to. Uh, no, that got the motorcycle club in Ronkonkoma got moved. Uh, oh, I'm hosting a show uh, December 13th, Wednesday. Uh, Meatball Place, Patchog, 7 o'clock. Uh, yeah, you can come down to that one. I, I don't know how much the tickets are, but yeah, whatever. It's, you get it. Patchog. Come see that. Uh, that's Christmas Day. There's no show. Oh, uh, December 30th. December 30th. This is going to be a joy of a show. Come on down to Round 2 Pub. Round 2 Pub in Bohemia. The day before the last day of the year, New Year's Eve. I'll be telling jokes there. There's bullet holes in the side of the building. It's a fun time. Bring the kids. You bring the kids out to that one. So, yeah, that seems like enough. We could December. We'll stick with December shows for now. We don't have to promote January shit yet. I am doing a roast in January on January 6th. And it's some sort of political thing. But we'll get there when we get there. Uh... Now, real quick, I guess I should end with some sort of ridiculous story that happened at Thanksgiving. 
which the, it wasn't much because it was a very tame day, like I said. Um, but uh, I did uh, I did get fucking somehow I got bamboozled into I had to say grace. I had to lead the the prayer before dinner, which I'm I'm not a religious guy at all, like ever, like ever ever. So I really had no clue what the fuck to say when I was, I was like, what the, and my dad was like, you're a comedian. You should be able to do this. Like that, that it's a completely different thing. Like I could tell jokes. He's like, no, don't say anything funny. That was, that's what he said. Don't say anything funny while you're doing grace or whatever. I'm like, do I actually have to like do a prayer? He's like, no, just say something. Say something fucking nice. He's like, all right, I'll say something fucking nice. Nice fucking thing to say. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It was bizarre. So I, I stuttered my way through that. Just like I'm stuttering my way through the end of this podcast. But hey, you know, I'm king of the tavern, so. Until next week.